This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. All right, and here we are with Podcast 6, uh, Nearside Low Podcast with uh, Charlie and Ray. Um, the first thing we want to start out with is our uh, question of the week from last week. So I'm going to let uh, Ray's got the results of that, so he's going to go ahead and read those. Right, so last week we asked you to pick which area of Missouri uh, outside of Kansas City you would like to see us expand uh, water polo to. So uh, we got 41 votes, and the four areas, uh, well, we gave you five options, but the four areas that got votes were... Uh, Cape Girardeau got seven, uh, Columbia got eight, Springfield got six, and St. Charles got nearly 50% of the vote with uh, 20 votes. So um, I, 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 I agree. I think St. Charles is definitely an area we need to figure out how to target and hopefully grow more teams there. I will say uh, with Springfield, uh, I, I heard this week that a club was started at uh, Missouri State. Uh, Brendan O'Brien, a uh, graduate of CBC, got that club program going there. So uh, exciting to see that guys from St. Louis who are leaving St. Louis area are, are building teams uh, around the colleges and different parts of the state. Right. What I want to know is where did the thousands of votes that, yeah, yeah, right. that, that went into our picture poll last week, where did, where did they go? Did they all move out of state suddenly? Anyhow. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I think it's great uh, mentioning St. Charles. Um, and we've got Fort Zumwalt West has got a team out there. You know, again, I think one of the issues, and it's mentioned on the forums, is the uh, the, the lack of pool space. And a lot of those St. Charles schools utilize the St. Peter's Recplex, um, and it's one facility. And it, it would be hard to, uh, to to fit everybody in there. So, you know, that that's, again, goes to the facility point that we need more pools, whether the six lane shallow deep or not. And even even Ford Zumwalt West is driving to Principia to play just because the Rectplex is fairly expensive and a lot of people are willing to use it. So um, we need pools. We also need people that are willing to to take the initiative to make, make it happen. All right. And so uh, that leads us into our uh, question of the week for this week. Uh, and I'm going to let Ray take that one. So question of the week this week is not going to be a classic poll like we've had the last couple weeks. Um, but... What this week we're going to ask is for you to submit a Snapchat filter for the state championship game. So uh, one thing that's been talked about a little bit on the forum, this was mentioned by Polar, um, as well as a few other people, is that we want to have more publicity for what's going on at the state championship game. So uh, one way we thought would be good to do that is to get a Snapchat filter for uh, hopefully the semifinals as well as the finals, just so... Uh, people can see that the state tournament's going on, um, and a good way to publicize the event. So if anybody out there is good at graphic artistry or wants to come up with something, uh, email me at ray, R-A-Y-K, at mowaterpolo.com, and uh, let me know that you'd be interested in designing it, because that's something we definitely want. We don't want any, like, schools, so we don't want you picking, like, putting your favorite school on there, but just something like, Missouri State, or just water polo in Missouri that um, we can get going for the state game. And to all the athletes out there, this is probably this this polls or this idea is a little get a little bit geared more towards you. Um, but as a teacher, you know the number of students I see Snapchatting on an hourly 
basis. Um, I'm sure there's some tech-savvy people out there that could uh, that could put something together uh, pretty cool for us. So we're hoping for you know five, six, seven, eight, nine submissions, and and then maybe next week we can we can post them and we can vote on those. Yeah, if there's a couple good ones, maybe we could use a couple. But um, yeah, just come up with your best art. Send it to Ray K at MoWaterPolo.com. All right, and so that leads us into I think Fast Break Forum, and I'm going to let Ray take the lead on that one. Right, so uh, so the Snapchat filter was kind of based off an idea on there uh, from Polar mentioning we need to do more to promote the state water polo tournament. Another really good post came from uh, Water Polo Rocks this week who suggested that we try and do a women's game before the All-Star game just to promote women's water polo and, and give some of the girls that are playing a chance to play against each other. So uh, we really like that idea a lot, and we're going to make it happen. So uh, this year, before the senior all-star game we're going to have an all-girls game uh that we're going to invite any of the girls playing in the st louis area to play um against each other so more details is going to are going to be coming on that in the next few weeks but uh i mean we love hearing suggestions like that and we'll try our best to make them happen so uh that's look forward to that this year at the senior all-star game in late may and uh, the Fast Break Forum bit, again, I, I'd like to stress to people that maybe don't know about it, um, there is a forum on stltoday.com. Um, and if you go to the area where they have Blues Talk, Cards Talk, uh, Mizzou Talk, Slough Talk, um, there's, a, there's an area called the Prep Sports Talk Forum. Um, and there's a, there's a link titled 2017 Water Polo where we're, we're trying to generate some discussion about some of these topics. Um, and we thought we'd get a little better response and we haven't gotten too much. Um, and I think maybe part of that is because people aren't aware of where this forum is. So again, it's on stltoday.com. Um, they have a forum section. There's a forum for all the major um, activities in sports in St. Louis. And we're looking at the Prep Sports Talk Forum 2017 Water Polo. So give us your ideas, create a, create a, um, um, uh, a le- yeah, username and, and go on there and let us know what you think. Um, and that kind of next topic we maybe want to get geared up towards talking about is um, this Sunday is the seed meeting and we'll start to nominate all conference and all district selections. And so um, we kind of want to get your thoughts on, on who you think player of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, first team all district, who's the best goalie in the area, what are the criteria that coaches should be looking at um, when they are determining their their final votes. And real quickly, I'll add in. I, I, I mean, obviously, once you start talking about all conference, all district, uh, the debate can get pretty heated at points. But um, it's always good to see intelligent posts on there. I mean, at least if you think some player should be should be in the in the all conference or whatever, explaining why rather than just saying he's awesome. I think. I think the water polo community likes those type of posts. Right, uh, and, and again, and I, I like to stress, we're, we're talking about 15, 16, 17, and 18-year-old kids. So, um, you know, keep your post appropriate and realize that you're talking about kids that, that spend a lot of time and work hard to, to, to get good at what they're doing. Um, so, again, be smart about what you say. Um, and that kind of leads us into... Uh, mind blank there but I know that one of the last posts on there was from Miguel and it was in regards to something that's going to be going on at the Lindbergh invite this weekend so uh, Ray knows a lot more about it because he's going to be presenting right so uh, on Friday of the Lindbergh invite uh, at 6 o'clock Miguel, uh, Coach Miguel Figueres from DeSmet as well as I are going to be up in the stands and we're going to be putting on a session for parents or just interested spectators trying to explain some of the calls that the referees are making and just trying to give you an idea from the referee and coach's perspective 
uh, what's happening. I mean, I, I obviously ref uh, a lot of games during the spring, uh, but I also coach as well. Miguel's done a ton of coaching, as we all know. So um, I know a lot of fans sometimes are unsure of what people are calling or sometimes just, just want to hear the referee's perspective. So we're going to try to be up in the stands uh, just to explain what's going on in case you have any questions about any specific calls or just want to see what a referee's thinking. So uh, 6 p.m. in the stands at Lindbergh. If you show up at Lindbergh, uh, there will be, as you enter through the gate, they'll be able to direct you to where that is. But we're really hoping it for it to be an educational experience. Uh, we're going to be using some of the materials that uh, have been used in the past by some of the people at USA Water Polo to do similar clinics. So uh, really excited to try this in St. Louis for the first time, and hopefully you'll join us 6 p.m. on Friday at Lindbergh. And I got I to gotta toot Ray's horn a little bit here. Uh, just having worked with him for a long time, uh, the man cares a lot about the sport, and uh, he works very hard uh, to understand the rules and and promote the sport of water polo. So, um, and you know, same goes for Miguel. So, uh, if you guys show up Friday, you will be in good hands. They will take care of you. They will explain things, uh, and they're both very very knowledgeable about what's going on. Um, and so, you know, listen to them and and. Uh, and it should be good. So, um, and so that leads us into. Um, I think we want to talk about a little bit about water polo in the news, right? Right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do the. Of course, Parkway West and Lafayette battled it out in uh, the Lafayette Invitational on Saturday night, um, and uh, David Keedle from STL Today was there. Uh, wrote a great article um, about the game, um, and so that's on stltoday.com. I think it's kind of one of the lead things under high school sports right now. Um, so it's a pretty good read. Um, and then Ray. Yeah, and uh, real quickly, I will I will say, I mean, this year, I, I think as far as I can remember, we've had more water polo stories than I than I can remember. I mean, it seems like every week at least one's getting put out. So keep going out there, reading those articles. I know they see the numbers, and if a lot of people are reading them, that's that gives them more motivation to keep covering us. So we really appreciate them doing that. The other thing I want to mention was uh, on Monday night uh, of, this, of this week, uh, so this is going to be released on Tuesday, uh, last night. We hope. Yeah. <laughs> So assuming this is released on Tuesday, uh, Monday night, Fox 2 ran a story uh, by Jeff Bernthal on uh, Brad Bauer and his recovery that's ongoing. Uh, he's the captain from Lindbergh that was injured earlier in the season and has been out uh, for the full season. So they, they did a really nice story on him. So uh, go out to Fox 2 and, uh, and take a look at that. I'm sure once, the, uh, once that story gets put online, that Mo Water Polo or uh, Lindbergh Water Polo on Twitter will tweet out a link to that story as well. But uh, take a look. Did a really, really nice feature on Brad. All right. Uh, and so that leads us into, um, as we like to talk about, uh, games from the past week or weekend that were uh, relatively prominent. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, two games, Marquette and Lafayette and Lafayette and West, as I was at the uh, Lafayette Invitational over the over the past weekend with my team. Um, I did get a chance to catch the Marquette-Lafayette game, and that was kind of the, uh, the winner got to go play in the championship game. Um, and uh, I know that they had played each other relatively close in the beginning of the year. Um, I think Marquette ended up taking that game. Um, it was back and forth, I think 3-2 at one point, 3-3. Um, very, very impressed with uh, Lafayette's defense. Also very, very impressed with, I think it's uh, Trent Weifel from, uh, right. from Marquette. Um, you know, not that he was a one-man show. He had some guys that were able to feed him, guys and gals that were able to feed him the ball. Um, but uh, Lafayette did a really, really good job of collapsing on him. 
Um, so anytime he touched the ball, there were two or three um, Lafayette Lancers swarming him. Um, and again, it ended up being a relatively close game, so it was pretty exciting. Um, and then obviously in the championship game that night, um, Lafayette played West. Uh, beginning of the season, I think we had beaten them 16-4. to uh, It was 2-1 a quarter, and then we kind of pulled away. And uh, I told my boys um, and gals before the game that watching Lafayette warm up before that game, there was definitely kind of a, a feeling about them that they were they were confident they they wanted a piece and they felt confident that they could play with us and uh you know at one point in the game i think they were winning 4-3 um we were able to pull away and, and win the game 6-4 but um it was as as i told uh dave keto from sgl today it was a dog fight um and uh you know, we say time and time again, I look at a lot of the games in the Lafayette Invitational, um, we need games that are dogfights. Um, and whether you're the 18th seeded team in the area um, and you play the 19th seeded team, those 6-5 games make our teams better. Um, and so huge kudos to Lafayette for coming out um, and bringing their A game um, and really, 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 really making us work to earn that win. Yeah, and on those notes, I mean, I think the king of overtime games this year has been has been DeSmet. Um, they, they played a close overtime game to Lindbergh, losing an OT 7-6. to six. But DeSmet's really played a lot of OT games, and, yeah, as Coach just said, those those OT games make a difference. Uh, the two games I want to comment on, uh, so last week SLU played Ledoux. Uh, that's a one-versus-four matchup. Uh, and SLU won that game 15-4. to four. Um, they, SLU High got five goals from Nick Mattingly, who's a junior and is really – uh, stepped up for them uh, during the, during their play this year, and then uh, today, earlier today, so Monday, uh, Slough High played Parkway West. Uh, Slough won that game twelve to four. That that I believe is the closest score that Slough has had in St. Louis to this point. But um, once again, real strong game from Joe Jelinek uh, for Slough. Um, Alex Zao played well for Parkway West as well. He's been a goalie who's played real well throughout. Uh, the entire course of the season, and uh, so I mean those those are good games. Probably some of those teams will meet again uh, this weekend. So uh, definitely we'll continue uh, to see how those games progress uh, as we as we wind down the season. And real quickly before I, I finish, I also just wanted to mention uh, this last weekend uh, the Wash U women's club team uh, won the Heartland Division for CWPA. I think this is the fourth year in a row that they've won that. So just wanted to give a shout-out to Dave Jimenez, who's the coach for the women's team there. Um, and congratulate the Washu women for uh, winning their conference and preparing to go to nationals in Pittsburgh uh, this in a couple weeks. All right. And so uh, we want to finish up here with, our, uh, I think, our team of the week. Is that right? All right. Right. So uh, team of the week uh, this week is going to go to uh, Lafayette High School. So uh, Lafayette, well, we talked a little bit about uh, the Lafayette invite. I always do a great job hosting. Uh, coach Wackerly always does a really nice job. Over there, um, this last week, I believe they ended up going four and two. Uh, we just talked about their win over Marquette, but I also believe they played Oakville, Panville, and MICDS. Uh, they had two close losses to both CBC and Parkway West, uh, but they've got a couple a couple guys over there. Um, you saw Alex Mick was quoted in the STL Today article and been playing well for them in goal. Uh, Matt Graves has also been scoring a good amount of goals for them. So uh, congrats to Lafayette. Uh, I mean, it's, as we just talked about, great to see close games. They had a close one in the championship tournament there. And uh, as, as Coach Wackerly said in the article, he thinks this team is playing the best it has all season to this point. So it's, it's always good to see teams uh, building 
and being ready to play their best when, when it counts. All right, and uh, up next we're going to interview Coach Andy Butler from Lindbergh High School. Um, for those of you that don't know, the Lindbergh Invitational will be this weekend, um, and that's why we're kind of uh, prepping to, to interview Coach Butler. We want to get his thoughts on the tournament this week, his team, and obviously we're going to be looking for an update on uh, his athlete, Brad Bauer, who was, who was injured earlier in the season. So stay tuned for that. Okay, here we are on the Nearside Low podcast. Uh, our guest is uh, Coach Andy Butler from uh, Limburg High School down in South County. Uh, Coach, welcome. Glad to have you again. Thanks for having me again, guys. All right. Um, so uh, quite a bit of stuff to talk to you about. Um, the first thing, obviously, we had mentioned earlier that we would get an update on uh, Brad Bauer, uh, one of your players who was uh, injured earlier in the season. Um, and so we kind of wanted to check in and see how his progress is going. If you could give us a quick update, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So uh, just last week, Brad was moved from ICU to Rankin Jordan uh, Hospital, uh, where he's really starting his in-depth rehab. Uh, I was able to spend some time with him on Friday night. Uh, and the, the first thing that I noticed is just he's in much better spirits. Uh, he's in he's already hit back to his old like laughing, smiling, joking self. Uh, he's really getting some good movement on the right side of his body with his right leg and his right arm. Uh, the left side, not so much yet, but there's still a lot of hope that it's going to get there eventually. So it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like some good positive news. Um, and, and I don't, again, I know you guys were selling t-shirts and uh, car decals and stuff at the Desmet invite. Is there going to be anything this weekend? I don't want to put you on the spot here, um, but I know you're hosting a Lindbergh invite. Are you guys going to be doing anything special this weekend? Yeah, we will. We'll have the same. Uh, we'll have right when you walk in the door, uh, we'll have parents with, with some uh, surplus extra T-shirts to sell and then order forms because they'll be doing one, another order later on uh, and they'll have the bracelets and they'll have the card decals and they'll have all that stuff uh, set up to sell to people as they as they enter this weekend. Awesome, awesome. So uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is talk a little bit about uh, the tournament this weekend. I know a lot of people are excited about it because there's going to be some really good matchups as well as bringing in some out-of-town teams. So um, from St. Louis, you're going to have Kirkwood, Lindbergh, Parkway Central, MICDS, Parkway West, DeSmet, Ledoux, Pattonville, Parkway South, and SLU. But um, just want to talk a little bit about two of the out-of-town teams, uh, the first one being St. Pat's from Illinois. Could you tell us a little bit about what to expect from them? Sure. I actually uh, – St. Pat's played in the Mundelein invite that we were, went up to in Chicago uh, back at the beginning of the season, so I was actually able to see them play uh, a couple games already. They are uh, fairly young, it seems like. Uh, they, have, they, they play really strong defense. They have a, a great coach, uh, but they are a little bit inexperienced still. So they're, they're probably going to be kind of in the uh, middle of the pack uh, as far as they go. They usually, like a lot of Chicago teams, they have good team speed. Uh, and like I said, they play great team defense. I don't know that they have any particular standout individuals, but they're going to just be a good, solid team overall. And they have been they've been coming up to the Lindbergh invite the past couple of years. Is that correct? Yeah, I think this is their third year that they're gonna uh, be here. So and you and you connected with them through the Mundelein invite, or just they contacted you at one point, or how that how did that all work out? Just I, when I was trying to expand the tournament a few years back, I one summer I emailed I think twenty different coaches from Chicago, just trying to get some different okay. teams to come up, and he was the one coach that uh, said yes, we'd love to travel. So. 
they come up, they actually go to the Cardinals game uh, after they, I guess they don't, don't call it awesome. Cardinals game, but they go to the baseball game after right. they play on Friday night. Awesome. Yeah, I, I know uh, one of the guys down at St. Louis University is a graduate from St. Pat's, and he said their school loves uh, loves that tournament, so it's great they've they've made made that an annual tradition. Uh, the other yeah. team, the other team uh, that's going to be coming down is St. Xavier uh, from the Cincinnati area, and I think this represents the first time well, the Cincinnati team coming down to a uh, tournament in St. Louis. So very exciting. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about them as well? So I, I I don't know much about them except for the roster that I got from their coach, uh, and Miguel knows a couple of their guys from the ODP stuff, but. From what I can tell, they are they are big and they are fast. So, Coach, uh, why don't you go ahead? I've, I've heard through the grapevine that that roster contains some 50 freestyle times. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, Coach sent me. I, I don't I don't know. I don't post them on mine on my roster, but nonetheless, I, I think it was more of a to let me know that they were going to be pretty competitive. But I yeah. saw a 19.8. I saw so they basically they had eight. <laughs> So basically, we, we shouldn't cross their, half if we play them. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> they had eight guys on their team that were sub-23, 50 freestyles. Wow. wow. <laughs> so, so, I, I mean, I, I looked into them a little bit as well. And from what from what I could tell, I, I, I have heard uh, they, they have a lot of good swimmers. Um, so, so in Ohio, the state tournament is in the fall. And so these guys actually won the state tournament when they played in the fall. Um beating another another good team from Columbus 13 to 11. So from what I've heard, they should be competing to be potentially in the championship or at least among some of the stronger teams in the tournament. So Yeah, I would imagine for them to be uh I mean they have to get through Parkway West just in their own pool, so that's going to be a tough matchup for them already, but uh, and then, so and then you'll you, and then will have to get past Lindbergh as well. So I mean it's not not like it's a, a cakewalk, but um no, and, and how did yeah, you Similar to St. Pat's, how did you connect with uh, with these guys? So their coach actually emailed me last year, and we had a team drop last minute, and he emailed me that same day, and I was like, you guys can come up this year. And he emailed me back about four hours later and said, I didn't realize how hard it would be to make a, plan a trip in one year, but count on us next year. So we talked over the summer and, and got it all set up. So they're, so they're very they excited. If they, so if they th- their season was fall, are they, I guess – and maybe you don't know. I don't. So, are they in like club season right now? Are they practicing five yeah. days a week? Or I don't know how much they're practicing. They are technically in club season, but he also is only bringing uh, players from Saint Xavier. So, I think they play as the Marlins as far as club goes. But he did say it is technically he's just bringing his Saint Xavier kids so for the, the tournament. The, the 1950 freestyler will not be there. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I, I, I think he will. I think he's also about six six. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So um, while we're on that uh, subject, before we get back talking about the Lindbergh invite, uh, you had the JV invite this last weekend. um, And in that tournament, you had Raytown from Kansas City in, which, as we talked about last week on the podcast, marked the first time we had a Kansas City team coming to St. Louis in a while and was a great step. Uh, What what were your impressions of their team uh, this last weekend? Yeah, you know, they, they competed well. They they lost by a couple to West. They lost by just a, a few more maybe to South, and then they, they won their last game pretty big. So uh, they're definitely able to compete on the JV level. They were You could tell they were inexperienced with some of the calls and, and the flow of the actual game, but they had some good-sized kids and some good team speed. And, you know, if they're able to come down and compete more regularly, um, and their coach – 
Coach Jazier actually asked about the JV championships, if they'd be able to come down and compete in that. So um, if, they, if they continue to do that, that they could be a team that could turn into a, a pretty good team in the future. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, for this weekend with the Lindbergh invite, what are what are some things you're looking forward to? I, I mean, I think you guys usually do your senior night maybe, and then I know I know there's going to be some good games. I know on uh, Friday especially you've got uh, Parkway Central is going to play your Lindbergh team, uh, Ladue against DeSmet being a four against number five, and then as the weekend shakes out a little bit more, I mean, you should see some top five matchups being played out. So uh, anything stand out to you or looking forward to for this weekend? Yeah, I'm definitely. Are. We're doing our senior night on Thursday uh, before we play Kirkwood. Uh, so always enjoy that. Um, we're going to, we're hopefully um, maybe even going to have uh, one or both of Brad's parents there uh, to honor him as well. So that's, that's kind of a high point for us. And then besides that, I mean, when this thing started, it was, you know, Coach Lombardo, who coached Limburg before me, had it set up with just six of the top teams in the area that just played a big old round robin over the course of the weekend. And it's always kind of been a last hurrah. I always call it getting getting more ammo for the seed meeting. So there's a lot of coaches that, you know, use the results from this to go into the seed meeting on that Sunday morning and uh, argue for their for their seeds. So uh, definitely the I'm excited for the Ledoux Desmet game. I'm excited we haven't played Kirkwood or Parkway Central. I'm um, excited to possibly, you know, either get to play West or uh, St. Xavier, probably, who we haven't seen West yet, and just to play a team from a different state, and then we'll see what happens after that. But definitely, the all the place games in the afternoon on Saturday should be should be good competitive games. Right, and so uh, the championship game is so- on Saturday evening at 7:25, and then the next morning will be when all the coaches meet to determine district seating. So this certainly sets up well for helping coaches evaluate where to put teams. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your team uh, in general. Uh, You guys have stayed at number two all season, even even with the loss of Brad, and that's really required a lot of other guys on your team to step up. Um, Currently in the top six for scoring, you've got Mason White, as well as Casey Natch, um, as well as a number of other players. We've heard a little bit about Philip Harder and goal. So just talk a little bit about your team and how these guys have, have played throughout the season, really stepped up for you. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> overall, we knew we had a really strong senior class, uh, but it's a small senior class. Uh, and so Mason obviously stands out. Um, he scores one or two goals a game that I don't even know how he does it. He had one tonight. We played CBC, and he caught cross-pull pass from Phillip in goal. He sidestepped around a defender, faked the goalie out with two guys on him, and still buried it. And I just looked back and said, I, I can't teach that. Uh, <laughs> Coach has got that hinged arm. I'm telling you, that's it helps. Um, but he's been he's been great. Obviously, we knew we were going to have that. Casey is a kid that uh, has stepped up a lot. Um, same way, he's just improved a lot every year. He's just gotten better and better and better. Uh, and he's picked up a lot of the a lot of the scoring. Uh, Ethan Schneider is a kid that that plays a lot of center for us as well, and he's had to to pick up his game. Um, in in uh, Brad's absence, and then just a lot of my young guys. I mean, we end up we start two sophomores, two juniors uh, in our starting lineup with another sophomore and a couple of juniors that are our first off the bench and stuff like that. So we're we're really a young team overall. Um, you know, Mason's only a junior as well. Uh, so I'm really proud of just the, the the way they've stepped up as a team and 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 played really good, strong team defense for the most part, and uh, just kind of come together with with the loss of Brad. 
Right, right. And I'm sure uh, this weekend it'll be exciting to continue to see them play against uh, some high-level competitions. So, yeah. So – uh, we, uh, so we're kind of done talking about Lindbergh invite, but we did want to run, uh, we usually run through the top 10 kind of at the end of our podcast. We thought we didn't invite you along for the ride and kind of get your thoughts on that. Um, so I'm going to let, uh, Ray take the lead on that. So, uh, top 10 for this week, uh, the top six stayed the same as last week. So, uh, St. Louis U high stayed at number one, uh, your Lindbergh team, uh, remains number two, Parkway West at number three, Ledoux at four. Desmet at five and Parkway South at six. Any thoughts on those? Man, I tell you what, uh, you know, Desmet, we beat Desmet in overtime earlier this week, and they outplayed us the majority of that game. They, they're going to be tough. And I really think, obviously, right now, Slew's a little above, uh, quite a bit above the rest of us, but with Limburg, West, Desmet, Ledoux, I mean, any day, any of those, any of those teams, um, could come out on top. They're really, really close. Um, and South South played us really well for most of the game. We pulled away a little bit in the fourth quarter, but uh, with with Marco, I mean, he was fantastic against us. And, and Patrick, they they have some some really solid players on that team as well. Well, and I'm excited. Uh, you know, the four or five Ledoux to Smet. It looks like I think they're in uh, Pool C of the Limburg invite. So. Um, I, I don't know. I think Ray, you mentioned that game's Friday night, so um, that that's one I'm very very curious to see, especially um, as you had mentioned, um, Coach, about uh, Desmet kind of taking you guys to overtime. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that two, three, four, five, and even six kind of pan out after the Limburg invite. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, rounding out the top ten, uh, Parkway Central moved up this week to number seven. Uh, Clayton moved up two spots to number eight. Uh, Marquette stayed at nine and then Chaminade moved down a couple to take the 10 spot. So um, going to be very interesting at the seating meeting to go, go through seven through 10. I mean, a team like Clayton, um, it'll be interesting to see where the coaches end up slotting them. Yeah. I mean, they, like you said last week, they had that a really big win against South um, close game um, <clears throat> central. I haven't seen yet, but I know they definitely have a, a good team and a great coach and stuff like that so it's gonna it's it's often difficult at that seed meeting to really go through especially when you haven't seen every team you try to see every team but you just don't so um you know that 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 seeding is 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 pretty difficult and then uh coach for game start is it thursday at four o'clock is that correct uh thursday is 4 30 okay and then fridays fridays at four Okay. And the games last through, I think the last one Friday night starts at 8.30. Okay. Um, and then we start back up at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, and the championship game's about 7.25 at night. So it's a it's a long but very, very good weekend of polo. Cool. All right. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. No problem. Thank you, guys. And that concludes our Nearside Low podcast for our question of the week. Please try and create a Snapchat filter. Looking forward to the Lindbergh Invitational this weekend and the seed meeting. Join us next week for podcast number seven.